This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. He's a chef, he's been a restaurant owner, been published in magazines, and currently owns a very popular catering company. Chef Kevin Funk is a man of many talents. He joins me on The Main Ingredient today to share a couple of his recipes that you can try at home. Welcome to The Main Ingredient. How you doing, buddy? Hi, I'm doing great. Doing great, and you? I'm excellent. This is an intro for people, well, you know, you have a really good Instagram following, a really good social media following, great website. A lot of people know who you are, for, but for those who don't, maybe you can tell everybody what it is you do. All right. All right. So uh, my name is Kevin Funk. I'm a cook here out in Morden, Manitoba. Uh, I started cooking years ago when I was younger at the local golf course here, spent a number of years in that kitchen. Uh, from there, uh, fast forward a number of years, I started my own restaurant, ran that thing for about six years, shut her down right before COVID, uh, to pursue other things. I do a lot of, uh, private gigs and in-home catering, uh, a few weddings here and there, uh, pop-up dinners. I'm not a huge fan of the word pop-up, but it's a recognizable name. So we'll do pop-ups at random venues, uh, uh, in barns or at the lake, wherever I built myself a commercial kitchen, uh, there's no seating. It's not a restaurant, but I do all my work out of that. Um, yeah, and then I do a lot of social media stuff as well to keep uh, the name out there, and that's been pretty important this past year. Um, but I also work as a cook at the local brewery here in town called Rendezvous Brewery. Uh, we pop up there on Thursdays and do specials. Um, we do a lot of work uh, with them when things bef- before just before COVID when they opened. They opened at a rough time, but we did uh, special events there as well. So a lot of uh, side gigs right now and jumping from here to there. Okay, so you didn't close because of COVID. You closed to pursue other things. Like that was just coincidence? Right. Yes. Like I actually, my building was, uh, it was a partnership with my wife. We had two businesses in one big 4,000 square foot building. Uh, in the back of it was my uh, kitchen and my seating area. We could seat roughly 40 people. Uh, and then the front half was a retail store. Um, and I closed mine before hers. I closed mine back in November of 2019 um, because we were doing uh, years prior. I started doing private stuff just on the side for fun and it kind of just took off. And I've been in roughly a hundred homes over the last couple of years. Um, and I just fell in love with that. Um, being in people's homes, it's just a completely different experience. Um, very positive And uh, yeah, and I was doing both at the same time and we didn't have a big crew in my kitchen. Uh, so a lot of the weight was on my shoulders and I just had to make a decision of what I should uh, pursue because doing both at the same time, they both start. Um, you can't give a hundred percent to either one. So I had to choose what I enjoyed more. And I went with uh, the private gigs and then I decided to build myself. I used that kitchen for that because uh, my wife closed down right before COVID and it had nothing to do with COVID. We got out a couple min- a couple months early, which oh, was really good because no of COVID. Totally. But we were able to sell everything off. Uh, online and we got we were very fortunate to be able to do that but because i'm not it, it wouldn't have made it through this there's no way totally man i can't believe how how fortunate you were as far as the timing went like it's crazy um yeah. not not that it wouldn't affect your in-home gigs obviously that would be affected too but at least you know the overhead of owning a, uh, a restaurant and a store and that kind of thing is gone once you uh you know once you decide not to do that right absolutely i'm not sure where we would have been if i still had uh, that restaurant uh, right now um, because we do it's not a huge community 
the community has been amazing with the support. Uh, we've done a lot of curbside through this kitchen and through other places and the community has just been so amazing. Um, but there's only so much you can ask, um, how much you can keep posting curbside pickup and stuff. Cause they're, they want to support all the restaurants and, uh, it, it would have been tough to still have that. And I've, I've been that added bills and stuff, not having that has been, been huge. How did the interest in cooking start for you? Well, I started at a very young age, um, from my grandma on my dad's side, uh, his mom, uh, she, quiet uh old lady she's just brilliant in the kitchen uh and i would go down there and spend my weekends there and she would uh teach me uh from breads to pres- preservation and all that all those fun things um very soft-spoken she didn't talk a lot she didn't write, write down her recipes so you just had to watch so my interest in food began then uh i went and as i got older working in restaurant and then went ended up going to university and stuff to pursue other things uh, it didn't pan out and I just resorted back to what I really love to do, and that was cook and an opportunity. I was living in Winnipeg at the time. Uh, I lived there for basically a decade. And then uh, an opportunity came up in my hometown uh, to buy this existing business, which had a little coffee shop in the back. And I wanted to turn that into something. Uh, so I jumped all over that with my wife, and we just kind of dove headfirst into it. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. It kind of took off the first year was a, a grind but after that once we got out there and got our name out there it, it got so busy and it grew so fast um very positive experience the restaurant was very successful for us um if i didn't fall in love with the private gig so much i mean we'd still be doing it because with if not including covid but yeah it was uh we had a good time there okay so you're locally known for your cinnamon buns and soups so what makes your yep. cinnamon bun so popular and what is pierogi <laughs> soup <laughs> Cinnamons, I have no idea that uh, we, uh, well, I guess we, we topped them with crazy things. We, we started doing that, uh, after year one, I believe we were doing basic cinnamon buns and it was just kind of a morning thing for coffee. And then I decided, you know what, let's have some fun with this and start making them huge and adding all these crazy things to them. And that now at this time of year, we do mini egg cinnamon buns and that's our most popular one. We, we can't make enough. What do you mean? Mini egg cinnamon buns? Like we'll take mini, the Cadbury mini eggs and we'll, crush them up in a food processor oh. and then we top these things with our salted caramel and then a white sauce that we make um and put that on top and then just litter the top of these things with these crushed mini eggs and yeah we used to run a during spring break at our restaurant we would we would do hundreds a day and it would uh, all the kids would come in and families and grab these buns and we're still doing them now yeah we we do a lot of buns well, your kids must love you. You have three kids, right? They must <laughs> yeah, love you, man. Yeah, I have three kids. They do, especially my youngest, my two-year-old. She's, she loves Mondays. So that's cinnamon bun day. <laughs> the only two-year-old yeah. that knows which day, it is, which day of the week it is, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so speaking no. of recipes, your website is filled with awesome recipes. Your website is fantastic. You and your wife seem to have a good partnership, whereas you're the chef. She's the brains behind the social media and IT stuff, which looks fantastic, by the way. And we're going to go over a couple of recipes. So you sent me one, fish and forage. So maybe we can talk about that. But I had, I'm had i assuming that you're an, an outdoorsy kind of guy. You hunt and, and do that all that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I've been fishing since I can remember. And the hunting, uh, always wanted to do it growing up. My family wasn't big into it. My brother is massively into it now um and i'm pretty green at it but uh definitely i uh, get out there when i can with him um but we do 
we're, we're very outdoorsy. I grew up on the farm. In the directions on the fish and forage recipe that you sent, I'm totally green. It says spruce tips and morals can can be can both be sourced by foraging. Like that's the first thing when it comes to directions on cooking something. Explain that to me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of uh, uh, locally sourced and trying to get a Canadian food identity, which is hard to sometimes find because it draws influence from everywhere. But we do have uh, a lot of things naturally here that we can use that you can find yourself. The mushrooms locally here is tough out in Morden. You got to basically go out east or up north a bit to find these things. Um, but the spruce tips are readily available. Um, they can be plucked right off the spruce trees. Um, and then we use those in different ways. Um, it's very seasonal, obviously. That's when spring spring so when the trees are growing um, and when you're picking those things you want to be careful not to pick too many from the same spot because they don't grow back until the following year so yeah so we uh we try to incorporate as much of these local things and bring awareness to it because there is some good flavors to be found out there um now with these morales too they uh there's a new business in manitoba out, uh, up north by russell where they sell these things dried and we've been using those a lot lately uh we actually used them last night and they're in the brewery we rehydrate them and we put them into a, on our burger. So yeah, these, uh, morales are my favorite. There's incredible flavor there. What are they? Yeah, it's a, it's a mushroom. It's kind of got like a sponge like texture. Um, they're really unique, very earthy. Um, but yeah, they're, they're found all over the place. They're tough to find because they're not very big and they, they hide well. So if you, you find them, it's a, to me, it's a gold mine, but they're, they're not easy to find. That's why it's, it's great having some of these business be able to do that part for you, get them from the professionals. Um, but yeah, they're a, they're a great ingredient. You make them into sauces. I do a lot of cream-based sauces. I believe with that fish and forage, that's we use the cream-based sauce there, and uh, they just go so well with it. You also sent me a smoked duck breast recipe. Maybe we can talk about that. Yeah. The first uh, sure. The first note in it one of one is is about brining. So maybe you can talk about what brining is, and then get into the recipe itself. Yeah. So the brine uh, with the wild game uh, are birds, migratory birds like this. Uh, we put it in a water salt solution. Uh, this, uh, you don't want to leave it in there too long because it can be too salty, but a couple hours, it draws some of the liquids out of the duck breast itself. Um, we, this, that recipe, I used, uh, wild birds that we shot that day. So it draws out some of that blood. Um, not a great way to say it, but that's what it does. <laughs> <laughs> this all pulls it, it out into the, into water. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to do that for a couple of hours before you do anything and, and brining something, putting something in a brining solution, which is usually salt and water, and you can add other things if you'd like. Um, it's great. I smoked this duck breast, which isn't something that's typically done, but I love doing it. Um, brining something before a smoke, it just uh, keeps it nice and moist. It helps it uh, so it doesn't get dried out. I'm coming over to your place. You know that, right? I'm, in, I'm living it here. <laughs> anytime, anytime. They're always, the smokers are always going. <laughs> um, maybe you can give people your social media handles and uh, how they contact you if they have questions about your recipe or just want some information. Absolutely. So uh, my Instagram uh, handle is at Chef Kevin Funk, and uh, my website is under the same name. It's www.chefkevinfunk.com. I uh, message directly on there. There is a section there that sends it directly to my email. Uh, my email is also the same. I try to keep it so it's simple, but it's chefkevinfunk at gmail.com. Um, that is the best way to reach me through email. Uh, we do answer all of our messages on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. But the, the quickest response is definitely email um, because it's harder to see everything on the socials from just it's, it's clouded with uh, a bunch of other things. So email is definitely the best way to reach me. It's perfect. Thanks for coming on the show today, man. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
This is 680 CJOB.